touched on a good amount of the linebackers. Let's, I guess, move on to the running backs and we'll just, we'll, we'll, we'll chug through some of these just because I think some of the higher end names people already kind of know, and that's Travis Etienne and Najee Harris. So I guess the question is, I'll lead this one off who you have one and two, because those are the consensus top two backs. I'm pretty sure for most people, but I mean, if you have a different one, feel free to chime in, but for me, it's still Travis Etienne. I actually think I tend to be higher on him than a lot of people are. Um, I like Travis in terms of – I think he's lightning in a bottle. Yeah. And I think he's also put together enough where you can use him in a larger workload. I think he made a mistake going back to school. I think he should have come out last year because yeah. he, when he was probably more of a well thought of first round or more clearly thought of as a first round pick. Now it's, you're kind of seeing him at the back half of our back end of to like very tail end of round one, more so round two. If you look at the mocks, which obviously mocks only tell you so much, we have no yeah. idea where these kids are going, but I think yeah. Travis Etienne for me at least is the clear number one running back in this draft. He can catch the ball pretty well. He just, you can't just, you just can't teach certain things that he does. And there's no scheme. He can't, he can do gap power. He can do zone. He can do outside zone, inside zone. Rather he can catch the football. He just can do a little bit of everything and he's big enough and he's, and he's clearly super fast. And I really like Travis at the end. I just think he made a mistake going back to school and, that's just another – not because he was bad. He wasn't bad this year. It was more because he just – it's another year of college workload on him, and he's getting his ass kicked again. He he should have just gone to the league and <laughs> saved himself a year of free wear and tear. Yeah. I mean, honestly, coming out last year, you could make a legitimate argument. He could be running back one in last year's class too. Right, because it was it was DeAndre Swift who was the first running back taken last year, right? No, it was uh, Edwards Alaire. Oh yeah, it was Clyde Edwards Alaire at the end of the first to Kansas City. Yeah, and I'm S- trying to. Swift went like I believe pick 37 to Detroit. Yeah, he was early. I th- I'm pretty sure he was the second guy picked. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah, but yeah, I- I'm with you. Ivtn is my number one as well. I feel like just the explosiveness he brings to the table and how fast he is. Uh, Offers a lot of upside, and he's shown some promise as a receiver. Uh, a little bit of work to be done there, but I feel like there's definitely something to work with on passing downs with him. Uh, and he's he's pretty good contact balance. Uh, I feel like well, sure, yeah, he's not, yeah, he's, he's not just, the most powerful back, but he's not small. Like exactly, it's not like you're talking about. You know, I think I would. Almost like like Alvin Kamara is smaller, but he's awesome. Alvin Kamara is awesome. I don't want to like he's not Alvin Kamara though, where it's like you have to kind of worry about his size. Yeah, yeah, no, and I feel like he, he's not the biggest, but he's not small either. And I feel like even though he might not be the type of guy who can consistently lower the shoulder against you, I feel like he can run through those arm tackles. I feel like he can you know, keep his legs churning when he's, you know, trying to get wrapped up and pick up an extra yard or two while fighting, you know, with tacklers. Uh, 
Yeah, I have ETN very narrowly as my RB1. Najee Harris, of course, is my RB2. And, yeah. you know, it's it, it's different different play styles with them for sure. I think whoever goes first is just a matter of personal preference and what, you know, a certain team's looking for, like near that late round one sort of range. Yeah. Um, I mean, and Najee Harris, it's like, it's so hard to kind of hate on Alabama running backs. I mean, you go into the NFL and you're just like, just looking, you know, Tennessee when Derrick Henry's there. And then then every year it's like, there's one or two of them that come out and Najee Harris does have one of my little brother syndrome things that I love. He's the youngest of five, but he is an older rookie and that really bugs me. And he spent all four years in Tuscaloosa, but why don't you kind of give me a quick breakdown of, of him real quick and I'll let you have the floor again. Yeah. So with Najee Harris, I mean, he's not the fastest runner out there and he's not necessarily the best uh, lateral quickness type of guy where he's so shifty in space, you know, just give him the ball in space and watch him make moves and, you know, make defenders miss. Uh, But man, he is, he's kind of like a Mack truck. Uh, Just, I think he's, he has enough explosiveness in his lower half where he can run you over and he can hurdle over you. I feel like the lower body ability that Najee Harris has is tremendous. Uh, whether it's just the power he has and he brings to the table, uh, his ability to run through contact and keep, you know, fighting and stay upright. I think his vision is better than that of Travis Etienne. I think that's a weakness of Etienne where he's explosive and he's more athletic, but sometimes he doesn't know exactly what he's doing and he can play a bit too hard and, you know, not diagnose quickly. I don't think that's the case with Najee Harris. Uh, I feel like he's the type of guy who's, you know, pretty calculated in his movements because, you know, he has to be, he's not the type of guy who can win consistently with, you know, just outrunning guys. Although he's not a bad athlete in terms of speed by any means. No, I think not at all. More so, yeah. I think he's more so just a, powerful runner with really good lower body explosiveness. I'm kind of disappointed that he didn't test in like the vertical and broad jump. Cause I think he would jump out of the gym. That's just my gut feeling just watching him on film. But yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked at all. If Najee's the first running back off the board again, I, it, I, I, honestly, I'm kind of expecting him to be Yeah, like full disclosure. Like I don't think he's better, but I've also, I was talking to one of my buddies about it and who, who's also big into film and breaking down film and Najee moves better than you would think for a guy, his size. It's not like he's, he's not build up speed the way Henry is like Henry is so yeah. big, but he's more of a build up speed. Najee gets to top speed seemingly pretty quickly. Um, but I do worry about the age a little bit just cause I am an ageist. I've made that clear. I don't really, <laughs> I'm not a big, big proponent of drafting old rookies especially running backs. Yeah. i'd rather oh, yeah. get the younger running back and if he is transcendent you can extend him and you have a great running back for a few years not not really good for less time because you know it just it just kind of happens i i do kind of akin him kind of what you were saying because i do think he is faster than than you would that his size would lead you to believe he kind of reminds me actually a little bit of like of matt forte like and that's because he I think he's a better catcher of the football than you would lead, be led to believe. Um, but I mean, yeah, we're talking about the two when we're talking about either Najee or 
or uh, Etienne, you're talking about the two only the only two guys who are worthy of even being talked about in the first round. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll move on to the pair from North Carolina, Javante Williams and Michael Carter. Okay. Um, you know, it's very rare you have two – not rare, but it's not as consistent as it used to be where, like, you would have multiple running backs, like in the mid-2000s coming out of teams where it was like they could have first and second round picks galore in, in the same backfield. You know, you look at Auburn – and back in the 2000s, they had Cadillac, Ronnie Brown, and Brandon Jacobs, and, Ke- and Kenny Irons all on, <laughs> on, the, on the same Jeez. running back core, yeah. which is crazy town. Or yeah. you go to those mid-2000s Arkansas teams that had Felix Jones and Darren McFadden in the same backfield. Oh. Yeah, like, they both went round one that in they did. 2008, right? Or, yes, they did. Yeah, there we go. So yeah, I remember it was NFL head coach 09. I was playing, which is such a good game, by the way. Oh, my God. All right, we're not doing this again where you make me feel really, really old. Because, <laughs> all right, so who do you I, – I, I guess I shouldn't ask it but because I, I think it's kind of just known. Javante Williams is better than Michael Carter, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. I want to make sure I'm not <laughs> on the island in this show. I didn't oh, think no, it no, was no. that, that – uh, controversial if at all because i'm pretty sure that's what most people think i think carter just kind of lacks a little bit in size so you know yeah for sure doesn't yeah i mean i feel like carter's the more explosive athlete but i feel like the edge there isn't as big as javante williams edges in terms of size and power right that's just the way i see it michael carter's very much uh, shifty back. I feel like he's, you know, very athletic, uh, solid, you know, good receiver. He's got the raw athletic ability that, you know, get him the ball and just watch him make guys miss. And, and would you, would I be wrong in qualifying Cardo, Carter in terms of what he does well with that one cut and go almost seemingly? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I almost prefer him in like almost exclusively in like a pure outside zone scheme. Like, let him get going outside and then cut back up when he sees it. Maybe it's just me, but that's just what I see when I see Michael Carter. Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. Honestly, I feel like that, you know, that jump cut ability, you know, cut once and then, you know, just get up hit the open lane, put your foot in the dirt and go. That's exactly. It. Exactly. I think that's the type of guy you're getting in Michael Carter. Uh, and then in Javante Williams, I just think you're getting a well-rounded quality runner. Uh, you know, I think maybe not as good of an athlete as Michael Carter, but he's still a good athlete, you know, at the running back position. I think he's a bit more measured in terms of his ball carrier vision in between the tackles. And I think he's a bit more powerful. Uh, I think my, Michael Carter does have more upside on passing downs, but if you're looking for, you I, know, I guess if deep, you're looking for a more potential bell cow, as it were. Yeah. I think Javante is going to be more that. Yeah, a more traditional starter at running back, I guess you could say, around like that late round two, early round three range. That's where I think he'll go ultimately. Uh, and I think Michael Carter shouldn't go too far behind, but I, I have, yeah, Javante Williams is the better overall prospect. All right. I, I mean, it's so, I, I guess all the higher end running backs have been talked about at nauseum. 
Um, and so we're let's I guess go to almost what became the flavor of the year, especially down this stretch, uh, coming in, into the bowl season and even into the BCS championship or the the BCS playoff, and that was Trey Sermon who just went bonkers at the end of the year. What did you see when you saw Sermon? Because Sermon was he could have I guess even stayed at Oklahoma and been drafted. He wasn't bad at Oklahoma. Yeah. Like, but he just went crazy near the end of his time at, 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 uh, at Ohio state. So what do you see when you see him? Yeah. So with Trey Sermon, I see a big bodied runner who plays hard and he's smart enough to the point where he can play at full speed without, you know, necessarily, uh, like you see sometimes with running backs where they're thinking way too much out of the backfield that they either think too much or they're not thinking enough. I feel like Trey Sermon is that perfect mix where, you know, you can tell that he's processing, but he processes at such a quick, you know, speed where it doesn't really affect him in terms of his ability to, you know, find the open lane and then just explode through it. Mm-hmm. He's not the fastest guy in this class. He's, he's not. Far he, from it. He's. I think he suffers a bit from the long striding, where he he's not slow, but his strides make him look slower than he actually is. Yeah. Like, and and to also be fair, something that is a plus and a minus for him, he's he never has really been a bell cow. He's always shared time. Yeah. So I don't. I, I don't think that's a bad thing, but it also doesn't show you what he's capable of all the time. You know, it's, it's, I think it, it almost hinders him because he's never, he's never surpassed 200 attempts in a season. He only, he got to 116 this year and 164 at 28 in 2018. Yeah. So he's, he's a solid, he's, he's obviously got tape. He's probably going in round four or five, all things being equal maybe yeah. a little higher into round three if someone really, really likes him. But I also think there's some question marks to remain. Like, why wasn't he ever, especially in college, able to just grab a hold, you know? Yeah. But it's not exactly easy. I don't – like, Master Teague doesn't have near the pedigree he does at Ohio State, but that that was another – I believe Master Teague was a five-star recruit coming out of high school. So it's like he's always had someone to compete with at Oklahoma or Ohio State. Yeah. But I mean, he's the flavor of the month. It seemed like everyone started loving him right as for, and for good reason near the end of the season. But I don't think he's as great as those few big games would, would uh, indicate as it were. Yeah. No, I have him as my RB 10 as it stands right now. Uh, I know a lot of people do have him like near that top five range. I, I don't see it to that regard. I have him. Uh, I, I believe I have him at eight. I okay. don't have my rankings pulled up, so it's not. Like I mean, I I guess I'll move on to the the next running back I was going to bring up, and that's kind of Gainwell out of Memphis, which apparently Memphis has just become running back factory, where every year <laughs> there's a kid from Memphis getting drafted in the second, third, fourth round. So, it's specifically at running back. So he's kind of neat in that he was a quarterback coming coming to Memphis. And they transitioned him over, obviously, because now he's a he's a running back going into the draft. Um, 
but I I like his versatility. He he can he he was used in the slot. He was used as a running back. He he can do a lot of different things. I don't think he's necessarily explosive, like where he's pulling away from everybody. But he does, you know, have a good array of cuts and ability to make him, you know, get skinny and do all these things where he, he just always seems to be able to get more yards for himself, you know? So I just don't know that he is the big play guy that was, for instance, the, the kid that got drafted to Washington last year, whose name is a scam. Antonio sure. Gibson. Antonio Gibson. Where Gibson was like, if he got away, he's going. Like yeah. Antonio Gibson is legit elite breakaway explosive fast. And then Antonio Gibson, so and then Gainwell is a little more, I guess, shifty, it would be the word, where he kind of just he's able to contort his body and just get extra yards. But I do like Gainwell a lot. I do like him more almost as a pass catcher than I do a runner. Yeah. But I think you'd be good, well served taking him in that that you know same thing that third round area, like that. There's nothing wrong with him. He can you know he's good on screens, shifty you know loose hips. He can do a lot of different things well, but I don't think he does enough to warrant like. He's kind of a little bit like Antonio Gibson to kind of use someone like we just like I kind of brought him up just a second ago in terms of ability and what he can do, but just not as explosive in his traits. Yeah. I, I honestly think that Gainwell's a bit more like Tony Pollard to bring in another Memphis that, yeah, running back. That, that's fair. Just because, you know, he's a shifty guy. He's at least in my opinion, I think Gainwell is one of the best receiving backs in this class. He, is. he absolutely is. And that's why I said he's lined up in the slot and everything. Yeah. I mean, like, he's, Shifty, he's a genuinely good route runner, not just for a running back out of the backfield, but he can line up in the slot, like you said, and, you know, make defenders miss and get open. Uh, You know, he has pretty solid hands too. And whether he's a true bell cow back of the next level, I have my doubts, but he is a guy that I really like if you're going running back by committee, or if you're just looking for, you know, a passing down back, if you're a guy that has, or if you're a team that has one of those, you know, more power backs, you know, I can't like the Cardinals or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they do have Chase Edmonds. I'm trying to think of a better example off the top of my head, but if you have more so of a power back who doesn't have that passing down value, when you need a guy like that, Kenneth Gainwell is a dude I really like in that role, you know, yeah, shifty I, fast, just, not the uh, biggest, but you know, yeah. And, and, and to be fair, to, to Kenneth Gainwell and a lot of these running backs, especially going forward with the draft and stuff, a lot of these guys are going to be becoming more and more committee backs because of what they're asked to do. Yeah. A lot of times coming out, they are just, this is the pass catcher, this is the goal line guy, this is the short yardage guy, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm going to give you three names because they're now we're getting into those, those um, middle round backs more so. Like they, guys are going to see, you know, day four, day three in round four or five. Let me give okay. you the three names. Chubba Hubbard, Kylan Hill, Khalil Herbert. Rank those three, and then give me the breakdown of the guy you like the most of, th- of three. Now, And when I say like, I'm not saying who you think is the best, but who of the three, who do you like the most? So how about that? 
Okay. I can get behind that. Uh, that is, hmm. So yeah, I, I actually have them all back to back to back on my board. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so, I think everyone kind of does. Cause that's where you're starting to get to those, you know, middling guys have just kind of pick your flavor. Yeah. What do you like? <laughs> oh God. So it's close between all of them. I have, I have it. Kylan Hill, number one, Khalil Herbert, number two, and Chuba Hubbard at number three. Okay. Uh, I mean, and then I have them at, well, seven, eight, nine on my board, respectively. I have uh, Jamar Jefferson out of Oregon State. That's the guy I really like. I have him at six. Uh, okay. You can break him down if you want. I, I'm not going to just say, hey, do this. Oh, yeah, no worries. I'll, I'll, I'll touch on him a little bit. But, I mean, the reason that I choose Kylan Hill as the top guy, uh, I feel like he's – him and uh, Khalil Herbert are fairly similar in terms of, you know, both being athletic guys, but they're athletic for different reasons. I think Kylan Hill is more, you know, shifty in terms of his lateral quickness. I think Khalil Herbert is more of a straight line athlete. And at least in my opinion for a running back, I think that that sideline to sideline, that shiftiness ability to cut, I think that's a bit more valuable because, you know, as a running back, depending on your scheme, you're not very often just, you know, running in a straight line. Like you're having to make some sort of cut regardless uh, Mm -hmm. more often than not. And I think that Kylan Hill is a bit more shifty. I think while Khalil Herbert is a bit more powerful, I think that the shiftiness shows up a bit more. I think Kylan Hill is a better blocker and he's bigger. So I'm giving him the very slight edge. I think they're both good for different reasons. Uh, and then as for Chuba Hubbard, I mean, obviously he's insanely productive. Like that 2019 season is one of the most productive seasons I've ever seen for a running back. Uh, I don't think he has the athletic upside as those guys, though. I mm-hmm. think he's the most intelligent of the three, the most patient of the three, And I think that there's going to be a role for him in the NFL and he's, you know, a big guy, but I don't know exactly how much athletic upside is there. I think he's more so role served in, you know, like a high end backup kind of role. I feel like he'll contribute for an NFL team. It's just a matter of exactly how much for sure. Uh, So yeah, I have Chuba's three and just to throw out a little something about Jamar Jefferson, because I mentioned him, uh, I'm a big fan of him. I started actually started watching a bit more of him once the Bears hired uh, Oregon State's old running back coach Michael. Uh, is it Petrie? I don't know how to pronounce it. Pet Petray, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I feel like he does a very good job of blending that vision and patience with agility and speed, and that's something I really like with him. Maybe not the most powerful guy out there but I think he's athletic and he's decisive. And I really like that about him. So, and again, I have all, all four of those guys I've mentioned are pretty close on my board. Uh, very similar grades overall. Cause when, when you're in that running back class, I feel like there is a drop off from the consensus top guys. And then these mid round uh, dudes that I we're talking about. That. Yeah. So it, it, it's close. It's close between those guys, but that's the order I'm going in for sure. Absolutely. So, I, I mean, I'll rank them similarly to you. I have them, 
Uh, Kylan Hill is the as the first of those of that group of three. Then I have uh, Ch- Chuba Hubbard. Then I have Khalil Herbert. So, and that's partially in. I've talked. I've you know mentioned it even this episode. I believe Herbert's an older running back, and I just I got issue with that. He's really productive, and I think he's I. You know what I would use to describe Herbert? He's smooth. I just think he's easy to watch. He's not, you know, and he's not going to hurt you in any way. I think he's always going to be productive. And like he, he's, I think he's pure zone inside or outside because of the way he runs and he, he catches the ball fairly well. And I just think he's really just meant for today's NFL. I just wish he were a little bit younger. Um, Chuba Hubbard should have, you know, probably not stayed but you know whatever um i really think he's another running back he's probably my favorite of the three to watch but he has inconsistent vision he had an ankle injury that you know it's that you know took him out of this out of the final season which is why i say he should have you know probably left but i enjoy that he is uh he runs hard which is something that's a big thing for me i wish his vision were a little more consistent based off of the fact that i do like how hard he runs and he does he tends to push himself you know push forward no matter what it's but unfortunately as you i'm sure you well know jacob when you when you have these guys that just sometimes barrel forward and they don't have vision it's like you're kind of just running into a pile, you know? <laughs> so it's just like just a great fun thing at times. Um, so Chubba Harper is my favorite. I guess there's just not much to say that isn't already been said about some of these running backs. Um, so let's move on to the, the couple of late round guys you want to mention. So I gave you the floor last time. I'll start with a couple of the later round dudes. I like one guy I really like, and it's because I I don't make any secrets about it. I'm a J, I'm a uh, Louisville. If I am watching college football on a Saturday willingly and not just breaking down prospects, I will tend to go watch Louisville football if I can find it on. Because there we I, go. I'm, I'm a Louisville fan. I have been yeah. since the days of Michael Bush and Brian Brom. So <laughs> there you go. That's the team I enjoy watching. But Javian <laughs> Hawkins is kind of fun. Like, <laughs> He he's a little small, you know. That must be the theme: Louisville playmakers and being small. Name a better duo. Um, he he looks like he should transition well into having uh, a more enhanced role in the uh, pass catching department. But he only caught, I believe, twenty or so passes in his career at Louisville, which isn't a lot. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> he, but he's 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 you know really he's quick to top gear like he can reach top speed in one to two steps and he's he's gone like but he's he's small narrow through the hips and the legs um but it's not like it's not like that's really hindered him too much like he he's averaged a, a fair amount of touches a game i'm looking at it right now yeah 20 touches from scrimmage a game and he hasn't ever had a serious injury. So he's he, he you can use him almost like Tariq Cohen or or Theo Riddick, the way the Lions used him, 
where you can kind of use him a little bit up in the slot, I'm sure you could do, or out of the back. Just give him the ball in space and kind of let him use his dynamic, his dynamicism, if that's a word. I'm, or am I just, you know, George Bush in it and just making up words here? Um, <laughs> but I really enjoy watching JV and Williams, or JV and Hawkins, rather. God, I just, I, I was scrolling through my list. And I saw Mike, <laughs> I saw the, saw Williams. So JV and Hawkins is a really, a really fun football player. I don't think he's probably anything more than like a, sixth or seventh round pick like but you know he is what he is and he could offer some just dynamic playmaking for a team in the back end of the draft looking for some speed and springiness and really pretty much just a stretch zone zone fit like because he can get horizontal he gets he gets the top gear so quickly and he offers some pass catching ability that I think is that I think was really underutilized during his time at Louisville um and every year, I, ha- I have to do it. I always have one football player, or one running back more so than anything specifically, that um, I tend to like more than everybody else because I just really enjoy battering Rams playing football. Oh, man. yeah. And it, it, it pleases my aesthetic. But you know what? Jacob, I've spoken for too long. Let's who's your late round guy before I get into my battering ram. Yeah. So <laughs> kind of in that same vein as Javian Hawkins, uh, you know, who's an incredible athlete. I mean, that's Puga. something. That, Puka. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wasn't going to go Puka, but I, I, I do like Puka Williams a lot. I feel like uh, from, you know, pass catching perspective, lateral quickness, top speed Puka's a lot of fun to watch he, he wasn't the guy I had in mind but now that I'm thinking about it he might be a better choice than <laughs> oh, I thought least... that's for sure where you were going because I have Puka's oh, no. late round draftable and he, he his film is fun that's the only way to describe it Puka's really fun yeah he's he's a blast to watch and is he going to be a bell cow back at the next level I don't think so but Hail man no. no but he is He's a speed demon, man. He's just so quick, man. It's so much fun to watch. The, the guy I had in mind, actually, was uh, a little bit uh, – he's a group of five guy. He's uh, C.J. Marable out of Coastal Carolina. And Ooh, he's a bit squattier. That's, he's a bit squattier. I actually like uh, – you and I actually DM'd about him not too, uh, not too long ago. I wasn't expecting you to bring him up, though, because he's – he he's strictly backup with receiving potential, but I do like his fit in today's NFL. If you can get him as just that changes, you know, the versatile back in the slot or, you know, kind, kind of reminds me a bit of a, the Washington running back out of, out of the Huskies a couple of years ago who ended up down in Miami for a spell. I'm trying to remember his name. Oh, uh, Miles Gaskin, Miles, Miles Gaskins won. There was another one who caught like a hundred pat. Was it Washington state where Mike Leach was? So it might've been Washington state. It's hard to keep track of all these guys during draft drafts. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Is it a, I, I'm pretty sure he's in, uh, I'm pretty sure he's in Miami right now. Isn't it like Salvin Ahmed or something? Salvin Ahmed was one of them. Yep. There's so many of them. So I, I'm going to look so- that up while you, uh, <laughs> while you go ahead and, and talk about your, your, your player for CJ Marable from coastal Carolina university. 
Yeah, so I think C.J. Marable, uh, not only is he a dynamic athlete, but he's also he also does a pretty good job of uh, reading running lanes. I think that, you know, he's another guy. I like his fit in an outside zone scheme. Coastal Carolina used quite a bit of it, uh, and for a good reason. I mean, I like his uh, ability to jump cut through an open lane and giving him that extra time to diagnose. I mean, that's not saying he can't diagnose in between the tackles because I think he absolutely can. But I think that outside zone really plays to his advantages. So maybe a team like the 49ers or something, I know that they're always somehow getting really good production out of those late round undrafted running backs. I think CJ Marable would be a really good fit there. Uh, Super productive, very good uh, receiving back. Again, not another guy who can be, you know, that true bell cow doesn't have great power. Uh, and I don't think he has uh, – I don't think he's strong enough or just overall – I mean, he hasn't had any issues with injuries, but I don't know if necessarily he's going to be durable enough at the next level to take on that heavy of a role. But if you're looking for a smart and athletic running back who can catch the pass very well, uh, then I think C.J. Marable is your guy. I like him a lot. I do have a draftable grade on him. Uh, I think like around round six, round seven, something like that. So I think he's a guy who can uh, very well end up outplaying his potential draft stock if he lands in the right situation. For sure. So I believe I found him. I think it was James Williams from Washington State. Yeah. (laughs) Because, yeah, he he, uh, caught 78, 71, and 83 passes in three of his four years. So – Jeez, very, yeah. very productive. That's who I was thinking of. I think his nickname is Booby. Sorry, yeah, guys. It's, it's hard to keep track of all these dudes as you're going through it, as, as I've kind of alluded to a couple of times during the show. Oh, God, yeah. I'm, um, I'm, I'm mad at myself. I liked him a lot coming out of Washington State. I'm, I'm mad that I wasn't able to remember him. That sucks. Say, so me. am I. I really liked him, too. But uh, the guy Jeez. I was going to get to was Jared Dokes from Cincinnati. Ooh. Okay. Jared is a really, really fun, powerful running back. Yeah. Like he's a thick boy. Thick, thick boy to the max. <laughs> but there's not much wiggle. He is fast, but not like any I should say he can make people miss, but he's not necessarily going to yeah he would much prefer to just wacko himself and initiate the contact than he would to like avoid you he's really just a thick built built up strong running back oh god yeah um so he he's just someone if you want to find the way to my heart in football, just build a team of nothing but guys of at, at the running back position, like Jared Dokes and Elijah Holyfield last year. And you'll, you'll win my heart. <laughs> it, it's not that I think they're the best. They're the, just the ones I fully enjoy watching and evaluating because I think there's something to, there's a certain, how you say demeanor and winning the war within the game. Yeah. To to those style of running backs. And obviously not everyone. I, I love Derrick Henry, but there's Derrick Henry's an exception, not a rule of these guys. 
Um, but I really enjoy Jared Dokes. I think if you get him in six or seven, you could have yourself a nice change of pace back. Kind of not necessarily like LeGarrette Blunt because LeGarrette Blunt at the peak of his powers was really, really good. Yeah. But look, I think LeGarrette Blunt nearing the end where he was kind of using short yardage situations. And you, you, you might have a role for, for, uh, for, for Dokes, but that, that's kind of my crush to watch out of the University of Cincinnati. And it seems to be their MO because they had that short, thick running back a year or two ago who came out too. Again, name is escaping me, but you tend to pick up on trends from different programs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. I, I want to double check on that because I do think you're right. There's one guy who was in here last year. I'm, I'm literally checking it as we speak right now because – Mike Warren. Mike, Mike Warren. Yep. That's it. There we go. That yeah. Thickly built short running back. Yeah. <laughs> ah, geez. But yeah, I, I I actually I like that you use change of pace back for a power back because so many times we associate that term with athletic shifty receiving backs. We don't recognize that okay, you can also have like a battering ram out of the backfield to change the pace as well. And that's also, you know, can be effective if used correctly. So mm-hmm. I do like that. how you use that term, uh, you know, a little outside the box, but you know, maybe not used as often as it should be, but yeah, right. I, I'm in that same wheelhouse with you. I like, you know, bell cowbacks, you know, we're talking, like a Stevie Scott out of Indiana or Caleb Huntley out of ball state. Those are two dudes I like, or even someone who's getting a little bit more hype. Maybe is Ramondre Stevenson out of Oklahoma. Yeah. Stevenson's got some of that want to just be a battering Ram. And you know, I think he's a bit shiftier. I think he's a bit shiftier than a lot of those guys. Well, and that's the other thing I was going to touch on with Dokes is when you start to, try to pigeonhole these backs that are bigger and thick boy, whatever you want to, you know, whatever you want to call them. Even Dokes, he's got some more juice than you would expect. Like he'll turn the corner on you and he, he'll pull away a little bit. Not that he's going to like burn everyone, but he's got some better top end speed than that tenacity when running the football would, would uh, imply. Yeah, for sure. And the thing with like a lot of these power backs is they're not bad athletes by any means. Like most of them are still pretty passable. It's just a matter of, oh, they're not blazing athletes. And, you know, that's okay. If there's, you know, if a team can iron out a role for you and find like your thing, your niche, whatever then you can have a solid NFL career. And I think like a guy like Jared Dokes or, you know, a Ramondre Stevenson to, you know, a different extent, uh, they can carve out a, you know, a nice role for themselves on an NFL roster. It's just a matter of if a team can use them correctly because they, you know, those type of guys do have their limitations, but it's not exactly like they're super slow or anything either yep the other thing i will mention before we sign off and get 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 this show wrapped up is with dokes um really good pass protector i actually have noted down i haven't watched him in about a month now but dokes does 
he he does his best to help protect one Desmond Ritter who shouldn't have returned to school, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, that just something I, I figured that he he gives a very valiant effort in pass protection and he doesn't seem to back down which is probably a, another reason I, I i'm so high on him so you know there it is yeah and with those running backs like you don't necessarily have to be the most technically sound as a pass protector get in the way just get in the damn way exactly That's all I ask i'm not asking for much <clears throat> <laughs> like if you're big and you're willing to block then that's that's a win in my book, honestly. If I'm looking at a running back and pass protection, if they're you know, if they try their best and you know they're decent enough and getting in the way, then that's you know that's pretty good to me. Absolutely. All right, Jacob. Well, I think we've done enough on the running backs and backers today. Where why don't you go ahead and plug your stuff before we sign off? Alrighty. So, and I remember this time. I'm not oh, going to forget it. You're not going to forget my your draft, draft guide. guide? I'm plug that my thing. Draft guide. <laughs> For $5 on Patreon, y'all can see my the entirety of my big board, a seven-round mock draft, uh, in-depth scouting reports, uh, and some more Bears-centric stuff as well in, in terms of long-term outlooks to different positions. So, yeah, check that out. Follow me on Twitter at JacobInfante24. Uh, yeah, and that's where y'all can find me, uh, as well as here on this show and other stuff through Windy City Gridiron and at the Draft Wire as well. All right. Well, uh, thanks for joining me today, Jacob, as always. I, you can find me on the Twittering thing at Dan, me and M is in Mary, E-E-H-A-N is in Nicholas, the numerals 90. And you know what? It's Sunday, after, it's Sunday morning going into the afternoon as we're recording here. It's draft week, Jacob. All that Let's film we've go. been watching, all the notes we've been taking – it's finally come to a head, and we're finally here. Four more sleeps at the time of this recording, and we are at the NFL draft. So in about two years from now, you guys can all dig these back up and tell us how dumb and wrong we are about <laughs> every single one of these players because you know what? Odds are you're probably right. We're probably wrong. Um, <laughs> That's the beauty of the draft, man. And, yep. But enjoy your the rest of your Sunday, everyone. Enjoy this coming week. It's it's Christmas starting every day on Thursday from Thursday through Saturday. We have Draftmas, Christmas, whatever you want to call it. It's the best time of the year. Enjoy it, guys. And uh, Jacob, we'll be talking soon, I'm sure. Absolutely. All right, let's get out of here.